Hey everyone, this is Craig Valentine from TurbulenceTraining.com and TTFatLoss.com here with another seven-day fat burning call. This time we are going to do our addiction workout fat loss call. So the next seven days is going to help you burn more fat and get lean. Now uh, here in the old TT world, I've moved TT headquarters from the west side of Toronto to the east side of Toronto and all settled in now, doing my first call from here. So hopefully the audio is working out all right. It's a little closer to street level, so you might hear some background noise, but uh, all in all, a very good move. Very happy to be done with all that stuff. So in this call, we are going to go over the long-awaited turbulence training addiction program. Now, it's an advanced program. I'll be talking a little bit more about that in a second, but you know, just to explain the name of it, it all started with the 300 workout because I, I started getting so many emails from people who saw the video of me demonstrate the exercises. And just to clarify, I never created the 300 workout and I never claimed to, but Men's Health Magazine asked me to record a video of all the exercises because they uh, surprisingly did not put all the exercises in the magazine when they recommended the workout. And so they got all these emails asking how to do the exercises. So I filmed the video for them. Since then, over a million and a half people have watched the video on YouTube and on their website. And I started getting all these emails from guys saying, you know, can I do this workout three times per week? Because they got addicted to the challenge of it and to the time limit. And so I was smart enough to realize that there's a bit of a healthy addiction. It's kind of like workout golf, I call it, because you know how guys get addicted to lowering their golf score. And people get addicted to lowering the workout score. So over time, I put in, you know, the bodyweight 500, the bodyweight 1000, and a few other challenges. And so I put it all together in a big workout here called TT Addiction. And that's what we're going to go over this week. So let's get into it. Monday, May 17th, our transformation tip of the week is the best fat loss workout in the world is useless without implementation. So all the planning in the world is no good if you don't follow through. You need to become what I call a robotic action taker. So just get it done. Even if you don't feel like it, you need to just get out there and get started, go through the warm-up, you know, walk into the gym, go to the change room, get change, at least go out and try and warm up for a couple minutes. Chances are you're going to end up finally getting into the rhythm and you're going to have a great workout. And those are often the workouts where you feel like you had the best workout even though you go into the workout thinking that you don't want to do it at all. So that's what you need to do. That's the robotic fat loss action taking that is so important to consistency, and consistency is the key to success. All right, so our addiction workout A. Again, these workouts are advanced. They're very tough. If you're feeling pain, dizziness, or discomfort, you know, beyond regular workout at any time, please stop and, you know, make sure that this workout is for you if if it's really difficult, then just go back and do something at a more intermediate level or beginner level if that's where you uh, should be doing. But again, this is advanced, so beginners should not be doing this. So we're going to start our workout with a 5x5 five five superset. So in this superset, I want you to start with a weight that you can do 10 to 12 times, and you're going to do five sets of five. So you can either do deadlift or Romanian deadlift, or barbell row, or dumbbell row is your first exercise, so whatever you have access to. And again, you're going to choose a weight that you can do 10 times, but you're only going to do it five times. And you're going to pair that with bench press or dumbbell chest press, and you're going to rest a minute in between that. So, for example, you know, when I went through this with a friend, we did deadlifts for five reps, 
and then we rested a minute and went into bench press for five minutes or for five reps. And then we rested a minute and repeated that four more times for a total of five supersets. So five supersets of five reps. And that first set's going to feel fairly easy. And the third set, you're going to be actually strongest because you get a bit of a nervous system activation there. But by the fifth set, you're actually going to have a hard time getting those final repetitions. And then if you can do all five sets of five, next week you can increase the weight that you use. All right, into superset number two, you're going to do barbell lunges, eight reps per side, and side planks with dumbbell lateral raises for 10 reps per side. And then you're going to finish off with a three-exercise circuit of barbell curls, dumbbell tricep extensions, and close grip three-quarter push-ups. So that means you're going to go all the way down to the ground with a close grip push-up, then come three-quarters of the way up, and then go all the way back down. So you're not going to come up to the top, so you're going to maintain more tension on the tricep at all times, and you're going to go one repetition short of failure. So that, you can see, is a total body lifting session, and there is no interval training. That's going to take you about 40 to 45 minutes uh, because of the five sets of five with a little bit of extra rest there. Okay, now into Tuesday. Oh, and I guess the addition, I explained the addition component of that, is you're going to always want to improve that five sets of five. So every time you can do five sets of five, you can increase the weight by five to 10%. So it's going to be a lot of fun trying to get that five sets of five and complete that. And so that's how you're going to be addicted to that first workout. Plus, it's a nice upper body meathead type workout that a lot of people are going to enjoy. Okay, into Tuesday, we're going to do our 30 minutes of fun activity. We're going to do our research review. And this week it's called the efficacy of a meal replacement diet plan compared to a food-based diet plan after a period of weight loss and weight maintenance. So this is from the Nutrition Journal. And I just want to say that I'm not endorsing any supplements when I give you this study review. But it is an interesting study, and I think it has some very important lessons for us in terms of fat loss. So the study examined the effect of Metafast's meal replacement program on weight loss and weight maintenance. Now, I'm not even 100% familiar with Metafast, but uh, I'm sure it's similar to, you know, stuff like SlimFast and, and uh, you know, those older meal replacement type things. This one probably has some new ingredients and, and is better than what it used to be. But, again, it's really just a shake giving you a small amount of calories. And so what they did was they had 90 obese adults go into this 40-week program. So 16 weeks they were aiming at weight loss, and then the 24 weeks after they were aiming at weight maintenance. And so one group got Metafast and then a dinner at night, so breakfast and lunch shakes. And the other group was supposed to consume the same number of calories but were able to eat real food. So they were given um, a, a, a diet to follow. And so they found at 16 weeks that the weight loss was better in the shake group, in the Metafast group, than in the food-based group. So the Metafast group lost 12% of their body weight, not body fat, but body weight, and the food-based group lost 7% of their body weight over 16 weeks. Now, that was significantly greater weight with the Metafast group, um, but what they found was during the weight maintenance portion that the shake group, the Metafast group, regained more weight However, they were still lower after 40 weeks than the food group. So, you know, they, they lost a lot of weight in 16 weeks. Then they gained some, but they were still weighing less at the end of 40 weeks. 
And then both groups both said that they didn't have any, there was no difference in how full they felt, so I'm sure both of them were, were reporting hunger, but neither of them, you know, the shake group wasn't hungrier than the food group. So it was, it's kind of surprising if they really did consume the same number of calories that the shake group was able to lose more weight. But I think in reality what happened was the food group probably ended up eating more calories because the shake group is just so controlled on the number of calories that is in a can of the shake. And so really what it comes down to is there can be no other explanation besides the fact that the group that consumes fewer calories is going to lose more weight. Now the problem is you're going to regain that weight, and if you probably went a little bit longer with this study, eventually they'd end up at the same place. Because just to put them on this diet, no exercise, no social support, you know, very, very few people are going to succeed at this. And these people were already overweight, obese, and they, they probably didn't have the education, again, the social support. And so studies like this are interesting, but at the end of the day, these are not how people really change their lives. What you really need to do is plan. You need to plan. You need to commit to it. You need to get into it. You need to combine the nutrition with the exercise. You need to make complete lifestyle changes. You need to seek out other people who are going to be your social support. There's so much that you need to do there that you can not just get from taking shakes and changing nothing else in your life. So certainly I don't uh, recommend the supplement shakes. You know that I'm always about the whole foods and you know, these days I'm talking about the whole food blender drinks a lot more, and you know, you can control your calories by just doing the whole food blender drinks are going to be a lot better for you than anything that comes out of a can. All right, so that's it for a research review. Now we're into Wednesday, and we're going to do another TT addiction program, and this one is interesting. It's called the Jump and Chin Up Addiction Workout and you're going to get addicted to trying improving your jumps and your chin-up performance. So it's a bit of skill training that you're going to want to come back to and improve every workout. So you have the option of three different jump workouts that you're going to choose from, or exercises. You're either going to do one-leg hops, you're going to do long jumps, or you can do vertical jumps. And your goal here is to increase your distance or your height from all those jumps each week. So with the one-leg hop, you're going to do five hops forward for distance for each leg. And with the vertical jumps, you're going to do three jumps and you're going to record the height for each jump and add that up. And so that's what you're going to do for the jumping. And for chin-ups, what you're going to do is not go to failure in any set. You stop one or two reps short of failure. And you're going to try and do three sets of ten for each exercise. And what you're going to do is eventually work your way up to a very difficult chin-up. So you're going to if you can't do chin-ups, you're going to start with underhand inverted rows. And as soon as you can do three sets of ten for that, you're going to move into a kneeling reverse grip pull-down if you have access to this machine. So you'd be kneeling in front of a pull-down station and doing reverse grip pull-downs with 66% of your body weight. So if you weigh 200 pounds, you will use like 100 and, what is that? Uh, 133 pounds or 132 pounds. And when you can do three sets of ten, then you'll move on to assisted chin-ups, which is really kind of this weird little standing chin-up exercise that I have. It's explained in the manual. And then once you're able to do that, you're going to go and do five-second eccentric chin-ups, where you get a boost up to the top and lower yourself for five seconds. And once you can do three sets of six repetitions with that, then you're going to try and work up to full chin-ups and do three sets of ten. And then once you can do that, you're going to do sternum chin-ups, 
three sets of ten of that, which is where you lean back a little bit as you do your chin-up. So you're pulling your chest up to the bar and trying to work your upper back a little bit more. And then once you can do three sets of ten sternum chin-ups, then you can do three sets of ten of L chin-ups, which is where you do a chin-up with your legs held up in a hang leg raise position. So those that's the progression. Again, you're obviously only going to do one of those each workout. And once you do three sets of ten, then you graduate to the next exercise. So in the actual workout, here's how it's going to go. You're going to do one set of your jump addiction exercise. So let's say you're doing vertical jumps. You'll do one set of three vertical jumps. Then you'll go without rest immediately to the chin-up exercise that you do. So let's say you're doing underhand inverted rows. That's what you'll do. Then you'll rest a minute, and you'll repeat that superset two more times. Then you're going to go into some metabolic resistance circuits. You're going to do repeated vertical jumps for six reps, then decline push-ups, then the lunge jump, which is where you're in that uh, stationary lunge position, jumping up and switching feet position. Um, if that's too difficult, you can do a regular split squat. And then you're going to do dumbbell chest supporter row to finish off. And then you'll repeat that little circuit one more time. And then you'll go into the next metabolic circuit, which is dumbbell reverse lunge. So your glutes are really going to get work this uh, program here. You're going to pair that with, you're going to do a military press after that or dumbbell shoulder press. And then stability ball one leg ball curl. So you're going to work your hamstrings really hard. And then stability ball ab pike. And that's going to be uh, stretching your hamstrings and working your abs. And so you'll repeat that one two more times. This is a little bit more body weight exercise in there, uh, less jumping. So you're going to go through that uh, second metabolic resistance circuit two more times. And then to finish off, you're going to do 10 meter shuttle runs. You're going to do 10 sprints of 24 seconds with 36 seconds of rest in between. So it's 10 minutes of interval training. So you're going to get a warm-up in, a little bit of a warm-up. And then, you know, try and get a 10-second distance set up. You can do this in aerobic studio or obviously outside on a football field. So you run 10 meters and then run back 10 meters and keep going. And until, you know, 24 seconds is up, so you need like a gym boss timer or something. And what I want you to do is record that distance that you cover in 24 seconds. So let's say you cover, you know, like seven trips of 10 meters, that's 70 meters. You record that down, and then you'll rest 36 seconds, and you repeat. And so at the end of 10 minutes, you know, you'll add up, you know, maybe you did 70 for all 10. That means you did 700 meters, and next time you're going to try and beat that and do, you know, 720 meters or something like that. So that's how the interval training goes at the end of that workout. So a little bit more complex, these workouts, than regular turbulence training workouts. Now into Thursday, 30 minutes of fun, off-day activity. And now I want to acquaint you with the challenge workout that's coming up on Friday. So here are the TT Addiction Challenge rules, because we always want to challenge ourselves. We always want to set personal bests in a workout, because if we do that, then we're going to be addicted to coming back and improving those personal bests. Like everyone, almost everyone I know is very competitive, uh, with themselves and they really want to improve. Even the people you don't think that are competitive really are competitive. Okay, so in the TT Addiction Challenge rules, first of all, I want to thank Martin Rooney, who is a famous strength coach, for sharing his three-minute push-up challenge program in the April 2010 issue of Men's Health Magazine. You'll find that on page 46. And basically, the, the challenge goes like this for the push-ups. You rest whenever you want, but you're going to do as many push-ups as possible in three minutes with perfect form. And Rooney says to pace yourself. So you take a 15-second break. Once you've, you know, maybe done 15 to 20 push-ups, 
or even 10 push-ups. Once you start to slow down, take a 15-second break and then go again and then a 15-second break. And, you know, you might even take longer breaks towards the end. But never go to failure. If you go to failure, your performance is going to drop off and you're going to be able to get one or two reps for the last minute and you won't get a very good score. So for me personally, I did like 20, 20, 15, 15, 15, 15, 10, 10, 10, stuff like that. Like even though I can do 57 push-ups in a row, I didn't go to fatigue because if I did, I probably only would have finished with about 80, but I was able to finish with 110. So Rooney actually provides numbers for men in the push-up challenge, not for women, but for men in the magazine. He says, in three minutes, if you can, if you can't do more than 55 push-ups, you're below average. Um, 75 to 99 is good. 100 to 110 is excellent, and over 111 is extraordinary, okay? So we're going to apply this three-minute type challenge to our Friday challenge workout. And we're going to do squats. We're going to do uh, bodyweight rows. We're going to do a whole bunch of stuff. But what I want you to understand is that in week one, you only do two minutes of each exercise, not three minutes. And actually, with squats, you're going to do five minutes in the real challenge. But first time through, just do a practice workout. Otherwise, your legs are going to be really, really sore. So just do two minutes of each exercise. And there's a scoring system that I'm going to share with you as well so that you have a score to try and beat every week. All right? And then I want to make sure that you uh, pop by the forum and give us your score and let us know or just post it here in the blog and tell us what your score is for the challenge. All right? So let's move into Friday. My score was 706, and I'm going to explain that in a second. But, again, here's how you're going to do it. In week one, only do two minutes per exercise as your practice round. But when you're ready in week two to come back, here's what you're going to do. You're going to do regular warm-up. Then you're going to come in and do three-minute push-up challenge. So do as many push-ups as you can in three minutes using those rules I just talked about, breaks. Then you're going to rest two minutes, two full minutes. Then you're going to go to five minutes of bodyweight squats. Again, do a bunch of reps, take a rest, do a bunch of reps, take a rest. Do as many squats as you can in five minutes. Then you'll rest two minutes. Then you're into three-minute pull-ups. So you do as many pull-ups as you can in three minutes. Rest two minutes. Then three minutes of burpees. And this is where it gets really tough physio uh, physiologically, uh, fatigue-wise. You're going to be getting fatigued after about a minute and a half of burpees. But you're going to do three minutes of burpees and then rest two minutes. And then now things start to get less intense in that conditioning level. So you're going to move into three minutes of bodyweight rows, so overhand inverted rows. Do as many as you can in three minutes, then rest two minutes, then three minutes of walking lunges, and you should almost be able to keep doing walking lunges for almost three minutes straight. But this is where your legs are going to get sore, so that's why I only want you to do two minutes of the lunges and two minutes of the squats in week one. After you've done three minutes of walking lunges, and you're going to count each repetition, so if I do one step forward with my right leg and one step forward with my left, that counts as two repetitions, not just one. So after you've done three minutes of those, you're going to do another two-minute rest. You're going to finish by doing as many seconds as possible on the stability ball for a stability ball plank. And you have three-minute total. So again, you can do you know 20 seconds and rest 10 seconds, 20 seconds and rest 10 seconds. And instead of reps, you're going to count seconds. Okay. So then you're going to finish with another two-minute rest and five minutes of kettlebell swings. Men use a 35-pound kettlebell. Women use an 18-pound kettlebell. And then you're done the workout, okay? So it takes about 40 minutes, I think, maybe 45 minutes. And here's how you score it. You add your push-ups to your squats. 
and then you add two times your pull-up number. So you double your pull-up number, then you add your burpees, you add your rows, you add your lunges, and then you add half the number of seconds that you did in the stability ball plank, and then you add your swings. So I actually did 114 push-ups, and I added 165 squats. I did 30 pull-ups, so I double that, and I add 60. Then I did 28 burpees, then I did 47 rows, I did 74 lunges, and I did 102 seconds on the ball plank, so I divide that in half, and I add 51. And then I did 167 swings, and so I add that. So I ended up with a total score of 706, and I hope that you can beat that. So let us know here on the blog or on the TT Members Forum. And now to finish into Saturday Social Support, my favorite day of the week, just a nice little quote here from Henry Ford who said, the ability to encourage others is one of life's greatest assets. The ability to encourage others is one of life's greatest assets. And what that means to me personally and with fat loss is that the more you help others, the more you will help yourself. Okay, The more you're teaching people about nutrition and sharing and getting involved and learning from other people at the same time, the more you're going to help yourself. It really is that simple. And finally, Sunday, our plan shopping prepare day. 30 minutes of activity, then we do our plan shopping and preparing. Of course, we can do this any other day of the week, but this is the day that we're going to recommend you do it. And here's a couple of tips from that book, 59 Seconds, that I read a couple of months ago. Research shows that if you use those diet packs, you know, those 100-calorie diet packs, or even if you buy diet soda and drink diet soda, what happens is it leads to a decrease in self-control, and you actually end up eating more. And this was from the Journal of Consumer Research in 2008. So don't buy diet packs and don't buy diet sodas because you will end up eating more. Now, there's a lot of controversy about diet sodas and how, you know, the chemicals in it make you uh, crave sweets. But I think the reality is people just use diet sodas as a crutch. You know, it's like the old uh, overweight person going into McDonald's ordering, you know, two Big Macs and a large fries and getting a Diet Coke. You know, they think because they ordered the Diet Coke that everything's going to be okay. But in reality, it's not because obviously there's bigger problems. So, again... Diet stuff leads to a decrease in self-control. And I think another good example of that is the snack well craze that we had back in the low-fat craze that even Seinfeld made fun of back in the 90s in that people just thought, okay, low-fat, and now it's a free-for-all and I can eat an entire tub of low-fat frozen yogurt, which you can't because there's so much sugar in that stuff. So just that mindset of, you know, oh, they're taking something out of this food. That means I can eat as much as I want of this food and all the other food. That's going to get you into trouble. And then, in addition, another piece of interesting research that was in that book, uh, there's a, a gentleman named Brian Wansink, I think his name is, from, I think it's, uh, I can't remember the name of the university that he's at in the United States. It's either... Uh, Colgate or something else. But anyways, he's at one of those uh, universities in upstate New York, I think, and he's done so many research studies on what happens when people change the size of their, of their food bowl, and he found that you know when people eat anything from a large bowl, whether it's ice cream or something, they end up eating 31% more calories. So therefore, if you just use smaller bowls and smaller cutlery, even smaller spoons, you're going to end up eating less. And you're going to feel just as full because it does take a while for your brain to recognize that you've eaten 
you know, a certain volume of food and a certain number of calories. So that study was from the American Journal of Preventative Medicine, of all places, and basically found that large bowls increase your intake by 31%. So be careful. These are very simple but powerful tips that will help you control your food intake if that's a problem. All right, that's it for this week. A really good call, I thought, and I hope you'll agree. Next week we're going to have a classic redone, so we're going to take a look at TT Intermediate Program and how we can get more results from it based on things that have changed in the seven years since I first put it together. And we're also going to have a nutrition research review with good news about nuts for fat loss and for health. And then we're going to have some good motivation from Tony Robbins and Jim Rohn. We're going to have the best quotes from Jim, Rob Jim Rohn and Tony Robbins. So thank you, everybody, for being on the call. This is Craig Valentine from TurbulenceTraining.com uh, and TTFatLoss.com. Make sure you stop by the fan page at TurbulenceTrainingFanPage.com to get involved in our daily 